Welcome to the Female Millennial Entrepreneur Podcast, the show by and for female millennial entrepreneurs who are building and running thriving, successful businesses while living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Alessandra Polina. This episode is sponsored by my very own DIY PR course, Make Your Brand Magnetic. It walks you through everything you need to know and do to get your brand featured in the media and therefore to get your brand in front of that wider audience in a way that will draw them in and make them want to seek you out to see what you have to offer. If you feel like you're sick of chasing down clients or customers and want for them to instead read about or hear about you and choose to come to you when they're ready to take part in what you have to offer, this course is for you. I created this for all the people who come to me for PR advice, but don't feel like they have the money to hire a firm like mine yet. If you've heard any episodes of this podcast, you've heard me talking about how any of you business owners can do your own PR. It's just a matter of having a guide and knowing exactly what to do when. So if you're not quite to the outsourcing stage, but no PR is something you need in order to grow your business, check this out today. Listeners of the podcast can get 20% off with code FME. So it's a no brainer investment in your biz. You'll find the course on my website, polinapr.com, P-O-L-L-I-N-A-P-R.com. Now on to the show. I'm so excited to be here with Nicole Phillips today, the co-founder and CEO of Catch, which is a really cool new company that we're going to tell you all about. But Nicole, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. So I want to, I guess I want to start by, because the name is not super, um, self-explanatory, <laughs> like tell us what catch is and, you know, then tell us also like how you started the business and, and what that's all about. Sure. So first off, it's pronounced, you got it right, catch. A lot of people like to say quatch, which is just oh. Oh, terrible, terrible. But if you understand what, what, what catch is and why we came up with that name, it's easier. So catch, what we do is we connect our users with products from over, we have over 50 affiliate partners, including Nordstrom and Taylor, Anthropology. And so online shopping is very time consuming. And so we're mm-hmm. that middleman. So um, we find you quick matches to those products in our inventory. And so that quick match is where catch comes from. That's totally. Cool. That does make sense now that you know, what it is. <laughs> know why it's yeah. about that quick match. So it's online shopping kind of, it's like an online personal shopper, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, right now we're using the text-first product. So you sign up, you answer a few questions about yourself, preferences, what brands you love to shop at, um, a bunch of images. Would you wear this? Would you wear that? And then every week you get five personalized clothing recommendations three times a week from our brand partner. So we just text you the image of the product that you can actually just click the link and then be taken straight to that product. So you don't have to browse 57 pages of just random things that none of which you would probably wear. So we really just want to bring convenience back into online shopping, but we're doing it with text message, which has turned out to be really, really fun and, uh, and, and simple. I love it. Yeah. It makes, it feels like you're just, it feels like a friend is like, oh, I saw this thing I thought you might like and like sends you the link. And you're obviously more likely to, first of all, like something if it came from a friend or someone who knows your style. And also it just makes it so easy and like, oh, let me check that out. That's I yeah, think, that's a good idea. 
Yeah, that's that's exactly the, that's exactly why we're doing it. You know, um, even though there is a tech component to it, um, we all see on the other side of the text conversations. So sometimes we'll send our users messages like, "Hey, what Netflix series are you binging right now? Is it good? Should we give it a try?" You know, we're really trying to almost be like your best friend, but also your personal your personal shopper. So cool. So how'd you guys come up with the idea? Well, and I say you guys, cause I know, you know, it said you're the co-founder and I know you run it with your sister, right? How'd you how'd, tell us about that and, and how you started it? Yeah, that's right. So my sister and I, we are the co-founders. I'm the CEO. She's the COO. So my background is I have a JD LLM in fashion law. So I was an attorney for several years. And when I went and got my LLM in fashion law, I was working for retail companies doing their intellectual property work. Um, so I was very much in that industry. But then on the consumer side, I was living in Manhattan one summer with my sister. She graduated from Babson College. She studied entrepreneurship and accounting at Babson. And so she was working at PwC. And this one very busy summer that we both had, we are obviously sisters. Um, and we grew up, we have, there's actually five girls in our family. And wow. so, yeah, we're on the, we're on the younger younger side so we always got hand-me-downs growing up um, <laughs> and so this one summer in Manhattan we kept borrowing clothes from one another despite having these really successful professional careers and having disposable income and we, we love to shop we kept going back and saying like hey I have this event I need to borrow something why we're adults why are we still borrowing clothes from one another and it, it just it just turned out that online shopping was just you didn't have time to do it um mm-hmm. You know, we were we were just so busy, and we needed something. We needed it right away. We didn't have time to to browse, so we looked into doing Stitch Fix, which really didn't work for our lives because if we had a specific type of clothing that we wanted to wear to an event, like say a dress, you don't know exactly what you're going to get in those five products once a month. So that didn't really work out. And then personal shoppers in Manhattan were like $180 an hour. Like that, no, it's not going to work for us either. So we found that we were in this sort of in-between. We still wanted to shop. We just didn't want to shop tens of thousands of products on, you know, Nordstrom and H&M and Zara. We wanted to shop, but just from like a very smaller pool. And we wanted mm-hmm. it to be personal and not have to pay too much money. <laughs> so um, so that's why, that's, that's how we came up with the idea for Catch. We just started writing a business plan and, you know, just kind of for fun. And the more research we did, the more we realized this was, this is viable and there's nothing like it out there. Yeah. It seems super unique. Like I, I mean, I obviously didn't do like the research that I'm sure you guys did when you were thinking about starting it, but (laughs) I've never heard of anything even similar. I mean, like, I guess, as you said, like stitch fix is maybe like the closest thing that you could think of it, but that's totally different because they're sending you actual items every month and you, then you have to send back what you don't want. And you've already basically, you know, then you purchase what you want, but it's different to be able to actually buy it. However, you know, actually buy it yourself if you want it, but just not have to like pick it out yourself. That's right. Yeah. There's a couple of companies that take bits and pieces of what we're doing and either target different consumers. There's a company called the loom. It's like a stitch fix, but you can edit your box a couple of times before they actually send it, but you only can edit it like twice. So instead of five, hmm. you get like 10 or 15 things you can choose from. So it's it's a little better. And then there's a 
couple other companies that use, oh, I didn't actually mention, um, one of the coolest parts of Catch is that you can interact with each product. So on text messaging, it's only available for iMessage users. Sorry, Android users. But but do, but it, do they really exist? I don't know. I've, do they exist? I don't know, right? I've never but, seen anyone who doesn't have an iPod, an I iPhone. Know, I, mean. I know. Anyone listening to this with an Android is just like throwing your phone right now. Um, <laughs> So, so each recommendation that you get, each product, you can hold, you can double tap the image and those little icons pop up at the top and you can just give it a heart, a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And so we see that on the back end. And so the more you actually use Catch, the better your recommendations get. So that user feedback, it's almost, it's fun. It's almost like you're, you know, scrolling through Facebook, you know, you see a cute picture of a puppy and you give it like a heart. It's the same thing, but we're doing it for clothing. And there's a couple companies that do like a like and dislike, you know, when you're browsing, but no one, no one's doing it to the level that we are. And no one is also doing it with text messaging that we know of. It's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, when I knew we were going to be talking, I was checking out the website and I went to like, look it up and, you know, see what it was, see more about what it's all about. And it <laughs> looked like there's a free month trial or whatever. So I was like, let me try this. Let me see what it's really all about before I, so I can talk about it. And it was so fun. I just got the first text last night and it was, it was perfect for me. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure it's probably different for every person, but like it came through in the evening, which is best for me because during the day I like really can't keep up with text, and I sometimes like will ignore something for hours and then like forget it was even there. So for me, it was perfect. It came through like right after I put my son to bed, and I was like so excited about it. I was like, oh, I get to look at these things and like choose that I like and stuff. And it was just like fun, and it was like kind of something to look forward to. I'm so I'm so glad you think that. Yeah, it's it's almost like a fun surprise. You know, three times a week you'll be like, oh, what did what's in my catch today? And it's it is it's personal to you. So whatever five products you got unless someone else answered questions the exact same way and has interacted the exact same way. I mean, but even then it probably won't be the same. So every, all of our users get completely different products. Um, and so it's, it's really cool. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. I mean, it is, it's like exciting. Cause you're like, Oh my gosh, what the heck are they going to find for me? And it's going to be different <laughs> than the things I would have normally picked, but maybe I'm going to want to buy something and it'll be like interesting and a little different. And, but it sounds like a lot goes into that. Like from the back end, how do you guys, that sounds like a lot. It's just seems like such a unique idea. There's got to be kind of unique challenges. Like, cause you can't really like Google, like, oh, let me see like, you know, how everyone's doing this. Like, you know, with like, I feel like with most companies and industries, you cannot kind of always Google anything to figure out like how other people are doing it or how you should be doing it. And when you're creating something that's never been done before, (laughs) you can't really probably do that as much. Yeah, you you have to get really crafty. So I don't have a tech background and neither does my sister, but we knew there was going to be a lot of technical components to it, especially if we wanted user reactions to be immediate. So, you know, how you interacted with the products that you received last night will affect the next five products that you get. So, I mean, humans, I guess, technically could do that but they can't do that forever. And it's just not scalable. Right. If you have like thousands of people that are being texted each day, gosh. Yeah, gosh, exactly. (laughs) Um, So I will, without giving up proprietary information, I'll give you a high level of sort of how we do it on the back end. Um, So you signed up and you took the style quiz. It takes a couple of minutes 
and all of those questions, all of those images that you selected, the outfits that you'd like, all of those are tagged a certain way on our back end based off of uh, what we think your overall style is and also individual product attributes we think that you would like from those images. We have a database of tens of thousands of products and it's changing all the time because products come in and out of stock. Um, and all of those products are tagged very unique ways. So one image, one product could be tagged like 15 different ways from the mm. neckline to sleeve length to really unique details about it. If it's like more of a bohemian style, so we do objective and sort of subjective tagging. Mm. Um, and then we will look at uh, a couple other things. So there's an option when you sign up to share your Instagram profile. Mm-hmm. And if you do, the official catch Instagram will follow you and we will look at your, sort of what you wear in your photos, we'll look at brands and influencers that you follow, because that might give us a really good indicator of what your overall style is. And we'll just see, are you, you know, do you go into the city to do fun brunches on the weekend or are you a big hiker? Because that is also going to dictate what types of products you might want to see. And so we have a system where all of that is weighted and it all goes into your style profile. And then we have a system that uh, connects those products to that person. And then based on the user reaction, we tweak it each time we get recommendations. So that's as much I'll tell you about that. <laughs> wow. Cool. Yeah, no, it sounds like there's a lot you've had to figure out and like kind of create to make that work, which is just cool. Yeah. Um, and how do you, so I know you mentioned like certain brands and stores and stuff that are, it's basically affiliate links, but how do you figure out like what products to include or what stores to be working with or whatever, like, you know, to basically have what you're offering? Yeah. So we've done a lot of um, market research on who our target customer is, where they're shopping currently what brands really resonate with them. Um, at the same time, we really need to have a diverse portfolio of, of brands. You know, we don't want to just keep sending everyone the same thing from the same companies. Yeah. So we we try to have a nice, a nice balance of really, really well-known, reputable names, but also some of the smaller direct-to-consumer, even sometimes local brands that we think um, an individual might like seeing together where you normally would never see you know, a Nordstrom top with a for now product, you know, based here in Boston. Um, mm-hmm. so, so that's sort of, we're trying to, you know, strike a, a nice balance between those two. But then from the so Nordstrom is, is one of our partners, we have access to their entire inventory. And there's, there's just so many products on there. So we have to go in and sort of filter it ourselves and then pick out the best products because our recommendations are only as good as the products that we're sending. So we have a team that helps pick out which which products we think will resonate with our user base. Um, And so we weed out just the products that, you know, it might be a cool product, but we don't think anyone in our target demographic or any one of our users would like. So we aren't going to put it into our inventory to waste a row in our database. So. Yeah. So how did you, um, how did you figure out like even just those partnerships? Like, did you just like email somebody at Nordstrom and be like, we're doing this thing? Like you kind of have to pitch people, all the stores or the brands and, and ask yeah. to let you be a yeah. part. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You, um, a, a lot of companies are on 
some affiliate networks, there are some third-party affiliate networks that sort of act as like this like home headquarter for these affiliate partnerships. So okay. we got onto some of them. You need to apply to get onto those those platforms and then apply individually to get into the brand program. And so it took a lot of, you know, we would get denied. And then I would send an email and say, listen, this is what we are doing. I know this is where the industry is headed. This is what we can provide you. I really think this is a cool, unique opportunity you know, just really being persistent. And then uh, it, it paid off. I mean, we got rejected from some, you know, a fair amount, I would say, of programs. But, you know, you just you just have to be persistent and keep going back. And, you know, we would, we would wait a month and see if our stats would go up. And then I would reach back out to a brand and say, hey, look at all this great data. It's only getting better, you know, and, and the ones that gave us a chance are, are definitely benefiting it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you're basically sending people to their website to buy their products. Why? It seems like a win-win for them. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it it is, you know, we are getting access to their entire inventory database. And so, uh, you know, there might be Mm -hmm. concern over there and it is, you know, we are driving a lot of traffic, but we do make money from any sales that we get them. So it's, it's fighting into their into their revenue, but it's right. really, it's just a, it's just a form of marketing and it's very low risk to them because they only are paying us when we get it right. And when we make them a right. sale. So. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, that sounds like a lot of work kind of setting all that up <laughs> as at the beginning, but the company you're still like fairly newish, right? Like what did that yeah. look like in terms of like building it? I know you said you have like a team now who helps deal with the inventory and those kind of algorithms, like what did that look like in terms of building out the team? I imagine it was just you and your sister at first. And then like, take us through what that, how that's changed and grown. It's so hard building a team. And it is, and it isn't, you know, you, when you're bringing someone onto your company, it's your baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raquel and I were very conscious, you know, it's, it's almost hard to trust people, especially when I'm working with my sister who I grew up with I I love her I trust her you know and then you're you're bringing someone in and you're giving them whether it's equity or you're paying them uh it's it's scary and you don't know if it's going to work out if you're just the way you know you guys work your personalities so the way we started out was we would give people project-based um Mm. sort of like an employment as an independent contractor so just to see if how, how they would fare with us and whether we really liked working together. And then we're more comfortable bringing them on as employees. But it's, it's just funny. Some of the, some of the people on our team, where we found them, it's just like the most random times. Our data engineer, he's amazing. We met him. We were speaking on a panel at New York Fashion Week last year and he was on the panel before us and he was talking about one persons and he was a fashion designer. But he uses data to create these fashion collections for his for his consumers. And he like wouldn't ask them any questions. He would go in their closet and look at their clothing and then design mm-hmm. collections for them and like really use a lot of data and analyses. With, uh, we were just like, you are so cool. You are exactly what we need. Please join our team. And he he loved what we were doing. So we found him in that just random way. And yeah, just just sort of recommendations, you know, building, as you know, networking is just so important. And especially now, I think a lot of people are furloughed and or laid off. And I think there's a lot of really good talent 
out there. And it's it's actually a really good time to start building up your team, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are, are you looking, are you still like growing right now? Like, are you looking for more people and kind of seeing this larger pool of applicants or potential employees? Yes. We just brought on a couple of individuals on the styling side to help us sort of with user product matching and also user interaction and also on the data side. Um, I think there's a couple more positions that we will need to fill over the next few weeks. So yeah, we, we just brought on a couple of people. So getting them set up and the whole onboarding process, you know, takes, takes a little time, but Mm -hmm. once they're settled in, I think we we're going to add at least one more data talent to our team and, and, and start there. But yeah, as our user base grows, you do need more more human capital to sort of keep the system running and get smarter. And uh, yeah, it's just it's it's crazy just how quickly your team needs to grow with with your user base, at least in in our case. Yeah, no, that sounds like really fast growth or like a lot of growth all at once. Yeah, um, and were you guys <laughs> a lot of things are happening? Yeah, were you guys always remote? Like, so that's you know you're all working from home anyways, or do you have an office, or do some people work from an office and some people can be remote? Like, I'm just if it seems a lot easier if you can bring on people who are like anywhere in the country or the world sometimes than for like a tech type of thing. It seems like that's sometimes a plus. Yeah, we were. It, we were just in, I won't say the best position for COVID, but we were a completely remote team okay. prior to COVID. And, and we obviously still are. Um, most of our team is split between Boston and New York, but we do have some individuals out on the West Coast and also abroad. So, I mean, going, who knows what, it's, what the landscape is going to look like in the next couple yeah. of months. But yeah, we're, we're fortunate to have been in the remote position. Although once this lockdown happened it was almost like oh I'm still at work like nothing has changed for me this my day-to-day is exactly the same um but yeah it's it's it it actually works really well uh remote with our team you know we use we use services like Slack and Asana to just make sure communication is really a top priority Mm -hmm. and I think that lays a really strong foundation for your team just having to do that right from the beginning. And so it's, it's working out really well for us. Good. And is your sister still in New York? I didn't even think of that until you just said that. No, she's in, she's in Boston. Okay. So you guys are both. Okay. So what does that look like in terms of like, um, do you do guys do like a weekly meeting with each other? You guys just always constantly in communication, like, what is that actual like behind the scenes? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we we have actually daily kind of catch ups, just making okay. sure that we are working on, you know, we're not, there's no overlap. We know what each other's working on, but we're not micromanaging one another. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we can't be seeing each other in person, but, you know, we, we're, it's great with Zoom, actually, we'll do sort of like a end of the week, much longer catch up with mm-hmm. some members of our team. Uh, it's it's interesting working with your sister though. You have to, you really have to know like the work relationship and really separate it from your personal relationship. And sometimes it's really hard to do that. You know, you I bet. Like wearing multiple hats and switching it on and off. But 
I, I mean, we're, we're still learning how to do it, but it's, it's been really, really fun. We have very different personalities and I think they work really well together, obviously personally, but also professionally. That's awesome. Yeah. Are there like certain things that, that, I don't know, <laughs> that you feel like you're really good at or, or that she's really good at and you're like, yeah, you definitely do this. Like I'll oh, definitely yeah. do this. Oh yeah. Yeah. Separating, you know, who's going to work on one was very easy. She's really detail oriented, really good with numbers and figures. She was, you know, has her master's in accounting. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. She's very much like, she just, it's great. I'm a, I'm more of a high level thinker strategy. I like to see the big picture of everything. And so it's great when I come up with this, I don't know, some weird otherworldly idea. She'll look at me and be like, you, you're crazy. But if we want to implement this, here are the seven phases we need. Each phase, we're going to need these individuals and like down to the, and I'm just like, wow, I, I don't know what I would do without you. You can actually implement these crazy ideas. Otherwise it would just be, you know, my head in the clouds and really, really hard to execute. So we, we complement each other very well. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I think it that it sounds like it would be fun. I mean, tough also in some ways. I'm sure it's fun. <laughs> it's it's very fun. It's very fun. Sometimes too fun. It's like okay, we have all right. Let's get back to work. We've got work to do, but it's it's great. I I love having her as my co-founder. I want to hear about like as the business has grown and you've added to the team, and it sounds like you probably kind of needed help sort of from the very beginning. But like, what did that look like in terms of? obviously before you were making money, cause you're not, you're really making, I mean, I, so, and I guess maybe we should have mentioned this. Like, I know it's like a really small monthly fee, right? Like five bucks or something a month yep. to like be on it. I know I, I alluded to the fact that I signed up for the free trial, but it's a super low fee um, yeah. service. And you're basically making an affiliate, making money as an affiliate if somebody buys something, but it sounds like, like, how do you make money from it in terms of like, did you get fundraise? Did you do fundraising at the beginning or put in your own money or like, like how did you get it going in, to, in order to be able to like build out what you needed to build out and like how hire the team that you needed for, you know, at the beginning when presumably you probably weren't making that much money at first, just because when we start, you know, there's, yeah, there's not much money at first. You're, <laughs> so like, you're spending way more money than you're making. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What can you share with us about that? Cause I think that's one thing that probably, well, that's one thing that sounds hard and I feel like maybe holds people back a little bit. Like when it comes to something like a more tech focused, like product or service where it's like, I would need to build out something, you know, there's the back end of whatever and like the algorithm and, yeah. you know, I don't even know enough about it to ask you the question, but like, yeah. it seems like, you know, like I was like, oh, I'm going to start a PR company. I have a computer and like, right. you know, everything else is in my head and the contacts yeah. of people that I already know. So like that seems right so easy to me compared to something like what you're talking about. So to me, that stuff feels like, I don't even know. Very. And I, so <laughs> how did you do that? Like, where did that, did you get money um, before you started or how has that looked like? Yeah, we did not know where to start either. In fact, we started, so our, our father gave us a little bit of money to start out and we were so afraid to spend <laughs> any of it that we, we just have been really, really crappy. We're so afraid of spending money in the wrong place, especially for tech, because we can't really gauge, you know, before we had any tech individuals on our team, 
we couldn't gauge if someone was, you know, all these impressive languages that they can code in. I, I did not have the experience to do due diligence on them and know if they were actually going to help us or not. Mm, So, you know, we had a little bit of money from our father. We put our own money in. We did a really fun crowdfunding campaign on iFundWomen. Oh, cool. And we, yeah, we, we gained, uh, we gained a little bit more money from that. And we also got a lot of exposure sort of around the Boston community. We held a fun party at the end of it and a bunch of local companies donated like wine and food and snacks. Um, it was good for exposure. So we got a little bit more, more money there. And every time we would find, we went to dev firms first to start telling them about our idea and getting proposals. And we would get these proposals like, you know, $80,000, $100,000. And we were like, well, we don't know what else to do. This must just be how much money it costs to, you know, to to build what we want. Mm -hmm. And every time we would be about to sign one of those contracts, we were like, no, something just doesn't feel right. Like, let's just, let's keep looking. Let's keep looking. And so I feel like we dragged our feet for a little while, but thank God we did because the more we would talk to each firm, the more we would learn a little bit more about like what was actually needed, what was like mm-hmm. the need to have versus like, oh, a nice to have. And then we realized, let's stop talking to these dev firms. Let's stop trying to build this beautiful product. Let's just be like really, really scrappy because we didn't want to have to spend any money. And let's see what we can do with like Google Sheets. So we mm-hmm. started with Google Sheets. And I my love sister's, it. Yes, literally. I think I read an article that like Katrina Lake from Stitch Fix started on Google Sheets. And I was like, cool, great. Okay, Google Sheets can do some stuff that clearly I don't know that it can. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, and my sister's really good at nested if statements. So, you know, she could almost create this formula where we would put something in one column about a user or a product and then it can, whatever, do this, do this formula where it would pull out certain products for the logic of how we wanted to connect a user to a product. Wow. Found, yeah. And so we found, okay, like on the back end, we could, we could get it to do some, some logic that we needed. And then at the same time, that front end part with the text message, you know, we didn't want to have to develop a web app or a mobile app for users to go on. Let's just do text messaging. Cause I have a phone, you have a phone. We could just text people. So we were texting people from our own iPhones. And very time consuming, obviously, but yeah. it, we we had a system up and running using Google Sheets. I mean, without wow. having to spend almost any money. And then as our user base started to grow and we really couldn't handle texting individuals ourselves, then we started bringing on some tech people with the understanding of, hey, we are super scrappy. Let's find just like one step more sophisticated from where we are now. And then we moved from Google Sheets into a new system that is still a third party, you know, where we just pay monthly, but it's much more sophisticated. Uh, it's, it's what we're using right now. And we really, we didn't have to do much custom development ourselves. And so thank goodness we didn't, <laughs> thank goodness we didn't pay $100,000 to build something that who knows if it would have even, you know, been what users wanted. So right. just being really really scrappy and you know making it work from the back end it's it looks clunky and you know there's a lot of things that sometimes break and we need to go in and fix ourselves but from a user perspective it looks smooth you wouldn't even know any of it and I think that's just 
that's what a startup really, really should be. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's such a good story. <laughs> it's, it's so good to keep in mind, like you don't need to get caught up in like the shiny, big, fancy thing. Like if there's maybe something that will work just as good or like almost just as good that you can figure out and already put into place. And also, I mean, I think like, the, I'm sure the idea of creating an app is like so cool and exciting and like, it would be really cool, but yeah. I have so many apps on my phone that I forget or even, even there yeah. and I don't yeah. even like use. Yeah. And the fact of like, just getting a text feels so personal. Like it yeah. gives it a whole different thing than it just being like an app with like, you know, a blank, you know, a almost like a blank app with like, you know, you don't know who's on the other, it doesn't seem like there's a person on the other side of that. And I don't know. I mean, again, the text is just like, it comes right there and you just see, and it's just, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think that ended up being like such a good place, at least to start, you know, even if you end up with an app later, like give people a choice or whatever. Yeah. I would say going in, building a quote unquote tech product, there was just, you know, everything that you see everything you read about is glorifying the fundraising process and building this beautiful custom tech, you know, that you can own from the front to the back end. It's really easy to get because that's the sexy part of what you're doing, right? That's the sexy Mm -hmm. part of, of a startup of tech startup, but there is so much value. I mean, when you think about cash is queen, there's just so much value to starting really scrappy and you actually learning and seeing yourself how your entire back end is working. And that was important for me, not having technical expertise. Like I can see how all these different components work and speak to one another. Whereas if we had someone build a really beautiful platform or app, I, I would have no idea what's going on under the hood. And from a founder, I mean, that's, that's scary. You, You should not be in that position, whether you have technical expertise or not. So yeah, it just at this point, we, I'm just I can't be proud. It's just like, hey, let's we're scrappy, and it turns out to be it's just it's it's awesome. I'm glad that we kind of went with our gut there and, and started. Yeah. Oh. And you probably wouldn't have really known exactly what you really needed and wanted if you had gone straight to a big like developing your whole own thing, like you because you didn't know yet because you weren't doing it yet. I'm sure you discovered things along the way where it's like, oh, actually, we really need this to work like this, or we really want this to do that, and you wouldn't have really known if you hadn't first gotten it up and running. Right. It's very easy when you fall in love with an idea to be thinking that you know you you know exactly what your consumer wants because it's what you want but there is nothing more powerful than user feedback mm. and that is what you have to build i mean that's why a lot of people don't find product market fit is because they build something that someone doesn't really want or they don't need so yeah you're exactly right you know using text the way we are right now it's really going to inform down the line when we do build an app or if we do build an app, what that would look like. What are those really sticky features or the value that we're creating that needs to be translated and transferred over? Because, I mean, I, I know what I think it is, but, you know, the, the users will tell us what that really is. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What, um, do you think, I mean, I know, well, I mean, I don't know how much you can say. And you just said like, if, or when, or if we build an app, but like, <laughs> do you have any kind of plans? Totally no pressure. Um, but for like what you see happening in the next year, a couple of years, or like what the growth or, or dreams are for the company? <laughs> yes, we do. 
So like I said before, we wanted to just use text messaging for a couple of weeks just to get some user feedback, but it's proven to be really effective and something that our users like. So we're going to continue to grow the text service. But what's great is the back end of text is the same exact way a web app would work. So instead of doing a mobile app, it's like you said, I'm the same way. I have so many mobile apps. I don't even, unless it's like Uber Eats and Instagram, I don't even know what's on my phone. I don't use any of them. Yeah. So we would build, it's called a web app, but it will just be our website. So pretty much the same way you would go to any other e-commerce or shopping site, you would just log into joincatch.com. And we will probably, I would say maybe in a year from now, we'll move from text or we'll keep going with text and that'll just be one product. But we want to move into uh, a web app because there's a lot of really cool features that we want to give consumers. And again, it may not be something that they want, but we think it would enhance the shopping experience. One of those features being a click feature where you can add friends, family, or even your favorite influencers who are also on Catch, you can add them to your click to send and receive recommendations. And you can also shop any products that they've loved in their history of being on Catch. It's almost like Mm. following someone around in a store, you know, and like seeing what they pick out. It might not be what they actually purchase, but uh, especially for influencers, I would love to know what some influencers are like, what they're browsing, what they're looking at, what they yeah. really like. So yeah, and even just when like an influencer posts a, some any random thing on like Instagram, and like all the comments are like, "Oh, where'd you get that from? sweater?" Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so there's just a lot of we have a lot more control over a web app than we do with text messaging because right, we're building on top of someone else's system, which is iPhone. So the idea is down the road we can continue to grow with consumer expectations. And so that is, that's our plan, but uh, text is working right now. So we're going to keep going with that. Love it. Awesome. Well, so what is, uh, what's one thing that um, you wish you had known more about when you first started? Everything. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I wish I knew, I wish I knew the value of networking and I've always known the value of networking, but at least in terms of fundraising, um, which we are fundraising right now, I think Mm. I've learned over the past couple of months, just the fundraising environment, it takes a long time as, as it should, right? You're asking for someone's money. There should be personal connection, but it's almost for, I think for a lot of companies, it's almost too late. You know, you, you start thinking about money when you really need it. Mm-hmm. And then you go out and you try to fundraise and you're like, I need money in a month. And they're like, our process takes at least three months with due diligence and everything. And so I, I wish that I, and we're in a good, we're in a good place right now, but um, I wish it was just, I wish it was just more easily known and, and there was more information out there about mm-hmm. the whole fundraising process. Because obviously, as you know, female founders, it is more difficult and so I just think the more information that we have about the process, the more we can really fight that stat of, you know, we only receive less than 2% of VC funding. I think there's a lot that we can, that we can do to, to fight back because uh, it's not the quality of 
female founded companies, you know, I think it might just be the just the way the process is. So uh, yeah, I would I would say that. Wow. Yeah. And I know you said that you guys used iFund Women before, like what, what are you using now for fundraising? Just out of curiosity, is it, is it still something that like individuals could get involved with? So it'll be on a convertible note. So it, you have to be an accredited investor or micro VC. So okay. uh, it definitely, yeah, it's a, it's a larger raise. Which is probably great for you guys. I mean, I'm, I guess I can't get in on it right now, but <laughs> <laughs> I guess that'll get you guys a lot more money. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah. I know. I wish. I wish you could. And I think there's. I think there's actually some really cool um, companies. I'm trying to think. Net Capital. I want to say is a company that I think unaccredited investors. And I may be wrong, so I'm putting a little asterisk on this. But I think unaccredited investors, meaning you and I, you know, if if we don't meet the threshold of what an accredited investor is, we can put in small amounts of our own money into almost like a syndicate uh, with a bunch of other people that put in small amounts mm-hmm. and the next next capital rounds it all up and then invests in your round just as like a line of, it just says like net capital mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you actually are getting a percentage. So there definitely are ways we haven't looked into that, but it's, it's really cool to be able to be part of and own part of, you know, like a, a company that you believe in and that you're using. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a really interesting and something that I think some people should, should absolutely look into is some of those, some of those offerings and programs. Yeah. That sounds really interesting and good luck with, with you Thank guys' you. fundraising. Is it, is there like an <laughs> end date for that? Like that I can keep in mind to be like, Oh my gosh, congratulations. You guys. It's, yeah. So typically there is, we're actually doing a rolling close, which I, again, this is like all new to me. Rolling close is sort of, um, instead of saying like, yeah, we need to have raised X amount on this date. Uh, you do like smaller milestones. So um, you try to round up, you know, the first X amount of your money and say like, we're going to close this month. And then one month later, you try to get a little more. And then you know, the more that you close, the easier it sort of is to get to get more and more money. But just mm-hmm. because of the economic landscape right now, things are just taking a lot longer. So instead of feeling like we're going to be fundraising for a long time and not seeing any of those checks until the end point, um, we're just kind of closing them as they come committed. So cool. um, it's just a, yeah, it's just a, a tactical thing. So can you say, like, do you have like an overall goal? Are you allowed to share that with me? No pressure. If not. Um, I do, but I'm not going to say. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm wishing you all the best of luck with that. Cause that sounds amazing. And I'm excited to see where you guys go with it. So, yeah. and also I am now a customer, so yeah, <laughs> I'm excited to be a part of it in that way. But is yeah, there all of your feedback, please? Yeah, I'll let feedback. you know once I get more than my first um, text. Um, is there one other thing, like one thing that you'd want to share with other entrepreneurs as they start their journey, or as they're going along their journey? Anything you'd say if it was like a friend of yours, also yeah. in business? I would say one if you haven't started just do it Mm, I love it there's it's my favorite yeah there's never going to be there's never going to be the perfect time and if anything right now actually is the perfect time I mean the pandemic has knocked some of the biggest most successful companies you know 
down to our playing field. And so, you know, it's just a really, really unique time. And if you are up and running right now and maybe struggling with COVID, I would say reach out to your network because we've recently started doing that. And there are so many ways we can collab with other companies and just just ask for help. Just don't be afraid to ask for help because um, it could make the difference of you staying afloat. And, you know, there's just really no, like I said before, there's no room for pride when we are trying to build a successful company. So need help, ask for it. And I'm sure your network will be happy to help. Love that. That's so good. That's such a good (laughs) note to end it on. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all this. I think it's so interesting and I loved to talk with you about it. Um, Can you just share those links again for how people can either sign up or find out more information or connect with you online? Absolutely. Um, If you want to sign up to the tech service and have an iPhone, you can go to www.joincatch.com, J-O-I-N-Q-A-T-C-H.com, and you'll see Take Style Quiz. Just press that button and you'll get started. Um, You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook. It's all our little username is uh, just Join Catch for all of those social media accounts. So awesome. Follow along. Yeah. And I'll put those in the show notes. Of course, people can find that. And yeah. And the style quiz was like super fun. It like reminded me of like something I would, you know, <laughs> would have loved to do when I, I don't know. I can't remember the last time I really did like an online quiz type of thing, but it was good to have the excuse to do it because I used to love stuff like that. And it's fun. It's like, what do you like? What's your favorite city or like, what teas should you buy? (laughs) Yeah, we try to make it really, really fun and engaging. Yeah, no, I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the Female Millennial Entrepreneur Podcast so you won't miss the next episode and leave a review on iTunes with your favorite takeaway from this episode. Also, don't be shy to get in touch with me or anyone you heard on the show. We're all about connecting and our Instagram handles and other links are always in the show notes and we're always happy to hear from you with thoughts, ideas, or even suggestions of someone you'd love to hear me talk to on the show. You can also submit guests online at polinapr.com slash podcast. Lastly, please drop a comment on the post for this episode on the podcast Instagram at Female Millennial Entrepreneurs to let me know you listened. Tune in next time.